welcome to the Prickly Pens Podcast. We are three friends, three writers, sharing not only our writing journeys, but a window into our conversations around the art of storytelling in the various formats like books, films, and video games, and also selective topics that make us ponder or generally piss us off. This is episode 60. Let's start with introductions. Hi, I'm Gabby. Hi, I'm Julia. And I'm Michelle. Welcome to the Prickly Pens Podcast. Take it away. So <laughs> so this week we are talking about fairies, um, which I wanted to do that because we've been going through creatures. We've been done, we've done vampires and werewolves and mermaids, uh, Kraken, Leviathan. Um, I think that's ghosts, witches, although witches aren't creatures, they're just people. But yeah, we talked about different uh, characters within our yeah. folklore, For, mythology, and writing that make up fantasy and yeah. paranormal and, and science fiction. Yeah. I guess yeah, it kind of been used in many genres like romance, many romantic vampires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this week we're talking about fairies. So this, like I said, this week we're talking about fairies. Fairies are very much kind of cemented in a lot of our literature um when i was studying about fairies okay i guess let me preface this when we, before i get started on like my notes in our discussion uh fairies are a very deep topic to talk about i did not realize that when i started my research so i do not i will never have the time on this uh podcast to talk about the act the full length of the folklore of fairies i'm gonna try to cover as much as i can um it's going to be more light versus the deep nitty gritty of fairy folklore, but fairies are super deep research. When I researched it, it was like, Oh my gosh. Um, because fairies are in literally every culture in the world. Um, uh, they That's have no surprising, civic, right? Yeah, yeah. Fairies are extremely tied to just human culture overall. Wow. Um, which is amazing. Fairies, um, as we know, are very, very, very European. But so many other cultures have things that are fairy-like with just different names. But the same creature. And it's the same concept. <laughs> same of, exact concept. <laughs> of a either a conduit to God. Yeah. Or a divine God. Being. <laughs> yeah, a divine being. Right. Yeah. yeah. Small creature. All that. Even same the thing. one with the wings. Yeah. So, um, so it's the same creature, but with many names <laughs> in <Okay>. various cultures. <laughs> Are they all small um, or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, not always. There's a couple that aren't, or they at least, they change over time too. I noticed that, um, oh. which most, like most creatures do in terms of, I guess, as the culture change, they might emphasize more things. Um mm. But for the most part, they're like deeply embedded in human culture to the point that there was, it's now not believed so, but at least theoretical stuff where it's, they thought that the idea of fairies came from early human interactions with other um, homonyms such as like Homo Neanderthal uh, interacting with Homo sapiens and Homo sapiens reacting, interacting with like Homo erectus and all these other um, other homonyms, other human-like creatures, and and that's now not believed. However, the fact that <laughs> there's a good possibility that fairy stories are that old, <laughs> that Neanderthal was still around, they're very, very old creatures in our mythology. 
probably one of the earlier creatures in our mythology. So no, there's no origin. No one knows exactly who started it first. <laughs> oh, that's there's no cool. one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it also started in several places at the same time. So it's like humans came up with the same creature, the same idea in different places at the same time. So that's also fascinating. <laughs> Doesn't happen a whole lot. <laughs> so, so yeah, so like I said, I will not be able to go into everything about fairies. But... That's when the aliens came down from the spacecraft <laughs> and landed. Actually, they are their a type of alien. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I guess it's like what I'm saying. It's like there's pyramids in so many different cultures. Yeah. That shape. Yeah. Despite... Right. Like, no one talking to each other about the shape. Right. <laughs> Again, right. the aliens came down. <laughs> <laughs> I always think of it like, um, I was telling my mom this with uh, cats. Apparently, I was looking up some of the stuff about cats years ago. But apparently, um, there was like a species of cat that, um, one was in Africa, one was in Asia. So it came from the same common ancestor. So it's still a... Uh, like house cat size cat but they domesticated themselves two different times in two different places one in africa and one in asia domesticated themselves on their own without any human intervention so it's just one of those fascinating things that i'm like they did it on their own twice Mm -hmm. so for humans i'm like why wouldn't humans be able to do it we're we're pretty good at doing things on our own at the same time yeah i knew (laughs) they were smart interesting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i think that's why cats are kind of like wild and stuff or they don't listen to humans like dogs dogs we domesticated dogs versus cats where they're like right. well they said they listen they just are not reacting they don't care what you're saying right? yeah that's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they hear you yeah <laughs> <laughs> they do yeah <laughs> i think that's why i find cats funny <laughs> like a- apathetic roommates versus pets yeah but so going to fairies. <laughs> um, so fairies have, I guess, uh, many names now. Um, fae, well, you have the, the regular name fairy, but then you have fae, spellings of fae, fair folk, um, fae folk, fairy folk, fairy. Um, and they're associated with so many other magical creatures. If not, they are the root of some of these magical creatures, like mm-hmm. sprites, pixies, angels, demons, demi, um, Oh, you have demi-angels, but goblins, gnomes, changeling, leprechauns, elves, uh, several different Gaelic versions of fairies, elementals, etc. So <laughs> nymphs. So you get my point. Fairies are like the root of so many other folk creatures. Um, a fairy is a legendary folk creature, a form of a spirit, sometimes metaphysical, supernatural, or pre-natural. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, preternatural, which is when it's suspended between spiritual form and physical form. So sometimes they're the in-between. Right. The um, mortal and immortal. Um, like I said, there's no single origins of fairies, but the more modern interpretations of fairies uh, are more mixture of medieval, um, romantic, renaissance, and Victorian uh, ideals as well as a little bit of the Celtic revival that happened in, in the 19th and 20th centuries. So even though there's no civic origin to fairies, they're quite, at least the word fair is quite Indo-European or Proto-Indo-European and Indo-European is, well, it's two things. Um, it's a language family that is the majority of Europe 
as the language family started on the Iranian plateau, uh, Iranian plateau, um, way, way back in the day, talking about like, you know, 40,000 BC, like very old, (laughs) um, where all the languages of modern Europe from English to Russian to Dutch and Spanish, uh, hitting also parts of Iran in the modern day, like, uh, they all come from almost the same language. So that's why it's called Indo-European, because it's part of, like, the Middle East all the way down to the right to India and all the way through Western Europe. So it's like one big language family and cultural family. So you see a lot of the same motifs and themes within folklore and language, Uh, even though the two can't speak to each other, like someone from England can't just talk to someone from Iran, you know, without a translation translator. But some of the language you see in the etymology of words, you can see that there was the same origin that just mm. sprung out to different things. Um, so culturally that happened too. So that's where they think fairies started in that region and then just spread everywhere. Um, but the earliest they can find of, of the idea of a fairy written down, um, Historically, at least this is what they found so far. I'm sure they're still digging up stuff. Um, was in Persian mythology, so which is in modern day Iran. Uh, it was they called it. Um, I don't know ancient Persian, so I don't know the present pronunciation. But it was spelled P E R I S, um, so Paris. Uh, they were angelic, fair creatures from Persian myth that were mischievous and usually denied happiness or not having paradise until they sought atonement. Likely was adopted by other cu- cultures, not all, but you can see the language shift and change when it, the idea gets to Europe because the idea, the changing of the word Paris into fairy, you turn the P into F, take off the S. It's Perry and then turns into fairy. Um, and you see that with a lot of languages that go from Asia to Europe. Uh, but every culture was very much influenced by that idea, if not kind of came up with it on their own. So, of course, we know Irish fairies. <laughs> Irish fairies oh, are very much tied. What? <laughs> <laughs> tied to um, Irish culture. Um uh, it's tied to their mythos of uh, Irish people um, and Irish mythology before uh, pre-Christianity. Uh, so for the Irish, they have like the mythic uh, Aishi, I believe is pronounced. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing any of these words. I have no idea. I try to like look them up the uh, pronunciation, but um, unfortunately I kept getting like different <laughs> different pronunciations and it was there was no one thing um but it translates to people of the fairy hills um they're usually in a lot of the lore the uh, mythology it's considered an older race of humans or humanoids who are roughly roughly related to a different group who are called the Tutha de Danan, again, I am probably butchering that, which are goddesses (laughs) of the fairy folk. Um, So like the hills that you see in Ireland and parts of England uh, are considered like, um, they're mounds, usually where they bury their dead, but they're considered gateways into the fairy world. 
So it's like the idea that there's another world with a whole bunch of fairy folk there. And they're semi-divine. They talk to the gods. The uh, Some of them are actual gods um, and very much, like I said, tied to the pagan tradition of the area. Uh, you have Scandinavia, who has elves, very much similar to fairies, if not the same exact thing <laughs> in a lot of cases. Um, a lot of Nordic stuff is now lost, but um, they were considered hidden people most of the stories. Like I said, very much similar to the fairies, beautiful, sometimes small, whole different race of people in a different world that was connected to the mortal world of Earth. Uh, by the time you got to Christianity... You had a lot of pagan elements taken in by Christian stuff. And yeah, because a lot of the holidays are, a lot of Christian holidays are pagan holidays originally. But you see that, like I said, fairies, a lot of them were tied to as children of Eve, um, which I never knew that. But right. apparently yeah, a lot of them were tied as children of Eve. Some were considered unworthy dead. Uh, at times they were became angels, fallen angels, Um Angels that just happened to be on Earth were also considered fairies. You had demons. <laughs> um, oh, jeez, yeah. Also were fairies, depending on how the church changed their views on fairies, especially as it got more intense during, like, the height of medieval stuff. Uh, uh, they were less good. And then you had Germanic traditions, uh, magical creatures that live in the forest or near forest, again, hidden group of people magical powers <laughs> um and most of the folklore this is also not all of europe these are just like little spattering of some right yeah <laughs> yeah of what people how they believed in fairies um and most of the folklores they had their own realm some of them called it fairy the fairy kingdom the folk kingdom um ireland i think it translates to the other world Mm -hmm. uh so there's so many ones um a lot of traditions they live in trees and forests uh the rowan tree being one of the most popular ones there's also hundreds of classifications of them of like water fairies and forest fairies and group fairies and solid solid um not solitude it's like fairies that are alone mm. uh which are like leprechauns apparently leprechauns mm. are considered solitary yeah solitary oh fairies oh, which i didn't know, know that yeah <laughs> there's different yeah there's apparently different types <laughs> there's so many types <laughs> um but all of that to say that it has affected our literature <laughs> so um I, i'm jumping in here because i wanted to highlight some of the um lesser known cultural fairies um from around the world and you know because yeah the irish get a lot of love for their fairies, but we also see, um, and I looked up, um, Mexico and they had the A-L-U-X, Alux. I've never a heard of that. Never heard of it. Alux and Chaniquez, C-H-A-N-E-Q-U-E-S. But anyway, they were, um, the, the Alux, um, and I don't know if it's Alux, X, I don't know. Um, they're sprites or spirits of the Mayans from Yucatan Peninsula and Guatemala. They're small, um, only about knee high, and they dress like the Mayans. 
Generally, they're invisible but are able to assume physical form to communicate with and frighten humans. Um, and they're associated with natural features such as forest caves, stones, and fields. They're it's exactly like your right ones. compared to <laughs> leprechauns. Um, <laughs> and even now, they are um, some contemporary Mayan even consider the single and double story shrines that dot the countryside to be the houses of the Aleuts. Um, Although the true purposes of those structures are unknown, but mm. it's this idea of because they visited the farmers and stuff because they're connected to um, farms and so on. The Shanique or Quay is um, associated with the Aztecs, so that's more Central America, um, but the same same um, idea creature, right? right. Yeah. And then in the, for Africa, they have the Yumbos are supernatural beings in the mythology of the Wolof people who live in Senegal, Gambia, and Mauritania. Um, the Yumbos are the spirits of the dead and are pearly white color, sometimes said to have silver hair. They stand about two feet tall and live beneath the Paps Hills, which is their homes, and come out to dance in the moonlight. They feast on large tables waited on by servants who are invisible except for their hands and feet. Yumbos eat <laughs> corn, which they steal from the humans, and fish, which they catch on their own. But they will invite both natives and foreigners to their feasts. I don't know why I would go eat with them, but okay. I, mm. <laughs> Thomas Thomas Cately's book, The Fairy Mythology, um, he's he's known as the scholar of uh, fairy folklore, um, an Irish writer, and he based his account that in this mythology from a woman who had lived on Gori Island off the coast of Senegal when she was a child. And she had heard about the Yumbos from a Wolof maid. And um, he remarked on the Yumbos' resemblance to European fairies because of, I guess, the whiteness of their skin, the mm. silver hair. Um, however, they are also examples of ancestral ghosts described in many African countries. And he, his background, he's in the 17 to 1800s. Um, so his works are from back then. So right. fairy mythology was written in 1828 and then got reprinted in 1978 and then 2000. Um, it was, it's now the worldwide guides to gnomes, fairies, elves, and other little people. Um, <laughs> but he, but he was a comparative <laughs> folklore collector drawing. He felt that there were parallels between tales and traditions across cultures um, so that you shouldn't automatically assume that they were taken from one place to the mm. other. Like yours made sense, but like how we have it in the Mayan community, mm. they didn't. Yeah. Well, that's take what I said at the from, beginning right, that like right. stuff started at the right. same time, different right. places. So. And that's what he's reiterating. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so the other person who's who has an encyclopedia is Carol Rose. Her encyclopedia is of spirits, fairies, and leprechauns. And she talks about the Aziza, who are little people of those communities made up um, by the Dahomey 
kingdom in West Africa. And right now, Dahomey is in the news because of the uh, movie The Woman King with Viola Mm. Davis. But they have the belief in this Aziza. They inhabit the deep forest and had a relationship with hunters who ventured into them. The Aziza conferred some of their knowledge of supernatural powers onto these hunters who in turn introduced this knowledge to the human society. So they're like the conduit of um, stuff. Uh, Teresa Bain, Encyclopedia of Fairies and Folklore and Mythology, considered the Aziza, she adds on to this Aziza um, information that they're considered to um, be bring good luck to you, I guess, if you need help with hunting or whatever. Um, and then Stephen Belcher, African Myths of Origin, he records a story from the Fawn, who are the dominant ethnic group of the Homi Kingdom, where a hunter whose wife was suffering from leprosy came across a mound of earth, again with the mound, mm-hmm. and it was inhabited by the Azizan. And the Azizan spoke to the hunter um, and presented him with a remedy composed of plants from the forest. The Azizan offered to provide more remedies if the hunter returned with descriptions of the Ill ailments that afflicted his people. And basically he was passing on the knowledge. The Azizan at the end uh, met with the king and gave the king of the country many of the gods known as Vudon who are now worshipped there. And the king took them back. The gods referred to here are the deities of the Fawn religion or Vudon, um, which in the new world became the new form of voodoo. So, oh, I see. So it's all in the thing, which is right. Yeah, which is why I always like it. It's not fantasy for some people. <laughs> it is part yeah. of their belief system. Um, according to Carol Rose, um, I had mentioned earlier, this uh, there is another group, Momoa, Momoasha, um, or Momoa, it's two M's. That's why I'm mumbling. Oh, okay. I don't, I think I only pronounce one M, Moatia. This is the title given to a group of little people in West African folklore. The Ashantis believe that they are the guardian spirits of the wilderness and of the people that live there. Um, the other one is Ajimere is the collective name for a group of spirits in the West African folklore of the Yoruba, Yoruba people. And these little people inhabit forests and wild places in the country of Nigeria. Um, And when you look at it from a religious aspect, this um, belief system also influenced religion in Santeria and Condoble, Condoble in in Brazil. Right. Um, Then I looked at Native Hawaiians. They have one called the Menehune, who are likened more to... Uh, dwarfs than fairies, depending on who's talking about them. There's a lot of politics with this particular term. Um, They said they live in remote forests and hidden valleys, getting as far away from human encroachment as possible. They supposedly are master builders and craftsmen. It said they build temples, houses, roads, canoes, and even fish ponds. They like to eat bananas and fish. Now, the politics behind it is that they're saying that Hawaii was home to a lot of different groups that came and so on. So the first group that came um, was this name, Menehuna, or 
a name close to that. And then the next group were the Tahitians. And the Tahitians didn't like the first group. And so they drove them into the hills and, um, and thought them lesser than. So they feel that some people feel or some scholars feel that this idea of, the, of, of these tiny people and less people are referring to those people who had to move oh. into the hills um, away from that. Right. So it is not, I am just repeating. So anybody who is Hawaiian and is like, she's got it all wrong. That's what I researched. <laughs> I am not making it up. Right. Uh, and then for Native Americans, it is the Shoshone tribe. Legends from this tribe speak about the Nemerigar, a small but violent race of people who were cannibals and who would also eat other humans that could kill, usually with poisoned arrows shot from very small bows. Their name roughly translates from the Shoshone language to mean people eaters, and they were living in Wyoming. So they're not nice? <laughs> Not, not, it doesn't sound like it. Maybe you have to bring gifts for them. The Choctaw tribe also believed in a race of little people that they call Kwanoskasha. People generally feared them. One legend describes them as regularly stealing little boys of the tribe to test their spirit. The test involved choosing between a knife, a bag of poisonous herbs, and a bag of healing herbs. If the boy chose the knife, they considered him a killer. If he chose the poisonous herbs, he would only make his people sick. But if he chose the healing herbs, he became... he. He'd be proclaimed a powerful medicine man. These creatures are described as being between one and two feet tall and living in caves. And then the Cherokee had three little people, the Laurels, who were the friendly ones that played mischievous tricks. They were young at heart. The Rocks, they were nasty, malicious creatures who sound, (laughs) or rather, they're territorial. And they steal children and wreak havoc and dockwood people. And these are supposed to be kind and helpful and are, um, I guess, scholars compared them to the Scottish brownies, um, which is another group Mm -hmm. under the fairy thing. And then the Crow tribe, the Nurembi is what they're called, and they're the little people uh, believed to give visions to tribesmen at times. Um, they claimed that the Crow ch- chief, Plenty Koo, received a vision from the Nurumbi that caused him to keep his people together and safe in the early 20th century. Um, and as of today, uh, some tribesmen leave the Nurumbi small offerings as they pass through the prior mountains, which is in Montana, where they're thought to live. And then you have the Esca, Esca Sony tribe. And this is in Nova Scotia in Canada. Uh, they believe that the little people um, are part of the hill. They live in the hills on the islands where they are. Um, basically, they warn the children not to. They warn the children to avoid the area so that the little people don't capture them. So. Little people. Some good, some not so good. Yeah, yeah. sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> you better be careful. Better be careful. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's something that just happens in a lot of folklore around the world at different places of 
everyone has fairies, which is interesting because you yeah, don't see that with other, cre- no other creatures. Yeah. I mean, but they're all connected to nature. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That yeah. They all have a commonness of little. And then yeah. they all have a commonness that is tied to your, um, surroundings, your world. Right? Yeah. Your surroundings, your world. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Fairies in literature. Um, so, yeah, all that to say folklore, of course, affected literature. Um, again, the modern idea of fairies is very, you know, generally Western, although, again, it's in so many cultures that most of them are exactly nuts. They're not the same, but they're extremely similar to the point that I'm like, I don't know if it's necessarily European anymore. It feels like it's unique the world. To, to the world. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Humans. <laughs> Fairies are a very human thing. Um, but at least for writing, uh, again, they were around well before the medieval area, but the popularity grew with romantic medieval literature, um, and especially with the idea of chivalry. Uh, kind of popping up in Europe, especially France, Germany, and England. Uh, so there's a lot of stories with King Arthur and fairies. Um, one of the, the French versions of King Arthur, they have Mor- Morgan, the one of the women he's always around, because um, it's usually Morgan and Guinevere. Mm-hmm. But Morgan, she's usually associated with fairies if not related to a fairy. Sometimes that's descended from a fairy. Sometimes it's just an allusion to her beauty being fair Mm. um so that's also why she's considered a fairy sometimes you have sir gawain and the green knight same thing he's considered related to fairies sometimes or descendant of fairies uh it's some of the authorian tales one there's like one of them where he's crowned by the king of the fairies um and then on his death he's carried by four fairies to his burial mound um so there's a lot of fairies tied into King Arthur's tales. And it's funny with um, with the folklore, you see fairies affecting literature and then different, kind of just bleeds down. <laughs> I feel like it's it just bleeds down um, from, from there. So by the time you get to the late medieval and you're hitting Shakespeare, um, uh, and that's the beginning, or not beginning, but during the like British... I forgot what it's called. The height of their literature in, in storytelling. Um, fairies appear significantly in his characters, uh, one being Midsummer's Night's Dream, uh, which is in the woodland in a realm of fairyland under the light of moon, which is some of the folklore of, like, if you look at uh, fairy folklore in the British Isles. Um, you know, so that's also how you see the whole, like, fairies uh what are they called it's like fairy trails where it's like you follow mm-hmm. the lights in the woods which you don't do but <laughs> if you follow the lights in the woods they're like fairy trails and lead you to a group of fairies um and that there's a bunch of places around england that have that kind of old stories um uh which a disturbance of nature caused by a a fairy dis- dispute creates tension underlying the plot, informing the actions of the character. Um, which is one thing I noticed in a lot of the folklore, which I didn't write in my notes, but it's uh, fairies don't get along with each other all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they have quite a bit of fights 
like my mom said, they're quite mischievous in the various mm-hmm. cultures, but they're definitely mischievous in also European culture. One of the things they do is, for at least for women, they tie your hair to a headboard. So when you wake up, you're tied to the bed. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's one of the typical things. Um, some of them will bring tuberculosis to you. Oh. Mm. That's not as fun. The gift that keeps mm. on giving. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of them will take the babies right. and put oh. their baby to yeah. be raised by you. That's a changeling. Yeah. But they do that. Um, other times they just like put salt in your food <laughs> when you're cooking too much salt. So sometimes it's like light mischievous to right. sinister. <laughs> oh. Wasn't that why you throw the salt over? Oh the yeah, I think it was like to, to to distract them. Yeah. Oh, you really? Like I that. thought it was for luck or something. But I think you're hitting them to like get away. Oh, well, I don't know whether it's get away or that if you. Oh yeah, it was like doing something there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't remember but exactly. I don't remember the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do whatever needs doing. Yeah. These there was little a... things don't sound very nice. <laughs> there was like a. a... A story, and I don't remember if it's Irish or just generally Gaelic, um, of that area of the world. The, of there was like two kids in the woods who are I green. I was going to say that small, and okay. yeah, they come into Irish Irish. They come into the village, and people are like, "Who are your parents?" And they're oh, almost no, I like, didn't hear this. Mm-hmm. "Yeah, they're borderline like feral, and they don't really know." And there's just no Ooh. decision. Then, like the next day, they just disappear. So. Oh. Sometimes they're described as fairies. There's some, like, uh, some historians who are like, those are, may have just been children who were sick and then just <laughs> came yeah, to a village true. and le- left. Yeah, I <laughs> so was no wait. one knows. <laughs> right. I was going to wait to bring this up later as we were podcasting. Mm-hmm. But before I forget, there I know that when I was growing up, I heard about the story of these two little girls, sisters, who said they talked to oh. fairies. So, you, right. I didn't, Right. Yeah. Yeah. The photograph. Yeah. And picture. they had photographs. And <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. And then I've heard about like that. People, some people say it was like a hoax. Yeah. That was a hoax. It was a hoax. They came out and said it. Yeah. They said okay. it was a hoax. Yeah. They okay. stuck pins in them in the, in the, um, they, they finally admitted. Yeah. Oh, okay. But I remember as a kid, like, oh my gosh, being yeah. like, oh. Yeah. There are fairies. Yeah. Right. And then they came out and said no. <laughs> oh, man. I have so, to Google that then. So, so oh, the, the salt thing. Mm. Um, it's funny because um, <laughs> they said for Maya, Maya, Mayana Buddhist tradition, after funeral, you, you throw the salt over the left shoulder to prevent evil spirits from entering the house um the ancient sumerians first took it to nullify the bad luck of spill salt by throwing a pinch of it over their left shoulders so from sumerian to the buddhist cultures salt was a thing to throw over um but one had it where it was the left shoulder was one thing and the right shoulder was another. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. That. <laughs> I've heard, I've heard like if you spill salt, throw it over your left shoulder and they were like, definitely don't throw it over your right. And they're like, right. what does that mean? What does that do? But well, I don't know what it does. The, <laughs> they said, if you spill salt, you'll get bad luck. To remedy your misfortune, throw the salt over your left shoulder with your right hand yeah. to blind the devil and keep him from taking your soul. Mm. Oh, my. So, <laughs> anyway. But, uh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fairy, fairies and stories. Um, 
I think Shakespeare has a couple more where this fairies, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but you get to the 17th century, so that's the 1600s. Um, there was kind of a growing in a red, um, French literary style called, I do not know how to say this word, uh, preciosite. Sete. Um, I don't know. I think uh, that's lovely. It looks like, in well, English, it go, looks like precocious. Right, but the thing is, <laughs> but if you go with the... French word for precocious. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, go ahead. Precocite. Stories. Possibly. Um, but it's oral stories that were, re- were lively conversations and wordplay by intellectual and witty women. So it was mainly something that women did um, in salons. Uh, and one of the famous women who was known for it, Madame de Alnoy, uh, invented the term uh, Contest des Fées, which means fairy tale in translation. So it's thought of that she invented the uh, modern term fairy tale. Um, the Grimm brothers also, uh, they're in more of the 1800s. They featured many fairies in their stories, which are based off of older European folk tales based on fairies. So um, it's not that they like invented fairies. It's like some of these stories already had fairies. Uh, and I'm trying to think like, because they, I mean, they've done a ton of, <laughs> they did a ton. There was one where there's like women, not women, fairies dancing in the woods in a circle mm-hmm. and like some princesses all. So there's right. like, there's tons of folktales that they have. Um, a lot of the, the like gnomes, the idea of mm-hmm. gnomes and things like that in their stories are technically based off of fairy or fairy tales, uh, fairy, fairy folk tales. <laughs> um, by the Edwardian period, or sorry, Victorian period, this is late 1800s, Edwardian period, early 1900s, um, you saw a rise in fairy stories again, usually in with a lot of paintings, because um, Queen Mary loved uh, fairy p- paintings for some reason. So it was, it was a little bit more in the art and the literature, but a lot of phys- like physical art, and just paintings of fairies. Um uh, at the same time, you saw it in a lot of writing. Italian writer Carlo Collodi wrote The Adventures of Pinocchio, and the woman who gives Pinocchio the ability to become human is the Blue Fairy. Um, and that's also where you get the modern idea of they moralize fairies as like more good than bad. Mm-hmm. They also made them even more beautiful than they traditionally are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where you get like, uh, the hourglass shape in a fairy woman. Mm-hmm. Like they started drawing them that way Okay. before they weren't before they were probably more like children, mm-hmm. but, um, that's where you get more of that kind of physical shape for, for fairy women, um, and more tied to women than men. Uh, you had the okay. lilac fairy book, which is a collection of 25 folk fairy tales, um, that kind of got popular. Um, this in kind of influenced later works of people who were born during the time, such as C.S. Lewis, who wrote Narnia, and there's a bunch of fairies in his story. <laughs> um, J.R. Tolkien, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, which the elves are based off of fairy folklore, as well as, I think, the hobbits. Um, and J.M. Barry, oh, also the dwarves, by the way. The dwarves are also fairies. Mm-hmm. I did not they're part of that. <laughs> Yeah, they're she part knows. of fairies. <laughs> um, the the J.M. Barry, who wrote Peter Pan, Tinkerbell, 
is obviously a fairy. <laughs> um, in modern times, all those kind of influence the modern stories of it. Most of them are like, so I'm going to talk about modern stories. When I say modern, I think most things that came out of, off of, not off of, um, from 1950 and forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the ones I just mentioned be, clearly become Disney movies, as you know. Peter Mann, Disney film, very famous. Uh, I think that probably had the most influence on modern, contemporary ideas of fairies. Like, if I think of a fairy, I think of Tinkerbell. I don't think of... I do, too. Even, even older mm-hmm. <laughs> ideas right. of fairies. Um, same thing with Pinocchio. I guess you had that fairy, uh, the blue fairy. Although I think of her more as like a witch, even though she's not, she's a fairy. But for some reason, I think of her as a witch. Cinderella's fairy godmother, mm-hmm. the idea of the fairy godmother, again, <laughs> which is a retelling of an old story, but still Disney kind of brought it to the forefront. Um, you have The Wicks Club, which is a TV, slow, TV show slash movie series that is on, it might be Disney again. Not in Disney. But they're, they're like a group of fairy um, who say who stop bad stuff from happening? It's a kid show. <laughs> you have the Legend of Zelda series, which has a fairy that, or it's like a sprite pixie ball thing that helps guide um, the main character Link throughout the games. Sometimes it can be quite annoying. You have the Fairly Odd Parents, which is an animated show on Nickelodeon um, that I used to watch. I used to love it, uh, which is about the main character Timmy who has a fairy two fairy godparents uh, Wanda and Cosmo that give him wishes and teach him moral stuff uh, you have True Blood Suki Stackhouse she's a fairy spoiler season four <laughs> you find out she's a fairy <laughs> you are so funny <laughs> I know I'm like it's been out for a while it's been out for a while <laughs> yeah it's fine um, go watch it it's good it's a good show um you have Sleeping Beauty, the 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 fairies that help her against uh, Maleficent, uh, are and give her like gifts and stuff and like the dress she wears. Their names are Flora, Fauna, and Merryweather, but they're they're like blue. I think one's green, one's pink ish. They wear so. dresses. Um, they're all fairies, and they're also another again. They're small women, small older women mm-hmm. versus the young, but they're like small people. That float everywhere. Um, you have the sugar plum fairy from the Nutcracker and the various versions of the Nutcracker. I was not going through all of them. <laughs> There's a lot. You have the tooth fairy. Oh, yeah, that was another thing. I forgot about the tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. That's old, too. I didn't realize how old that was. That's not a modern concept, the tooth fairy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a very old thing. <laughs> um, there is a version of the tooth fairy in um, Hellboy 2 by Guillermo del Toro. Which is like, you know, the king of monster movies, beautiful monster movies. But um, yeah, in Hellboy 2, I think they, the folklore, I didn't look up Tooth Fairy, and, but I don't know, Guillermo brought more of the <laughs> the old school because in the Hellboy 2, they, they eat you alive, but they start with your teeth. <laughs> so that's why they're called the Tooth Fairy, because they start with your teeth, because they yeah. like calcium. They are obsessed with eating calcium. So they eat you but they start with your mouth. Little, little fairy. Yeah. They have little, they have like mouths full of teeth and then they just bite you and they're like small. Okay. Kind of cute. I'm going to skip now, that What's one. so cute about that? <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, <laughs> they have great personalities, right? <laughs> no. It's I don't good. think they even talk. <laughs> they just kind of oh, fly in and start eating and people. His, and that's in his movie? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. in Hellboy 2, mm-hmm. the second one. Um, there's a scene with them in a, like, in a, in a mansion or something, and you, you see them. They're crawling in the walls, and they're like, there's something here. <laughs> um, Harry Potter has fairies. I didn't put it on my list, but Harry Potter has fairies because they have um, Cornish pixies, but they also have actual fairies. Because oh, <laughs> some of the potions that Snape uses has requires fairy wings and things like that. Um, you have Maleficent from um, Sleeping Beauty. She's considered, I mean, she's a witch, but some of the older stories I saw, she's considered a type of fairy or like an evil fairy. Um, most of the fairies have like magical powers similar to a witch, so it wouldn't be surprising. She also has wings. Uh, you have Bright, which starred Will Smith and Joel uh, Edgerton. I like that movie. I like the movie. I did too. I I didn't. I was upset about the. It didn't go into as much lore because I was getting excited. Well, and I was hoping that and I was the, when they continued, if they had continued, that they didn't they continue would. right away. Oh yeah, I thought they filmed the second one. It hasn't shown. Right? Oh. it hasn't come out. Maybe I read that wrong. I think they they've agreed to do a number two. Ah, maybe that's okay. what I think. Yeah. Because it wasn't bad. I did, like, like parts, but it then was there was... It was enough for me to stay interested. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the thing. That's a good way to put it. I think yeah. it was just one of those from, like, oh, potential. you... potential. Yeah, right. that's what I was like. I yeah. guess, yeah, that's what bothered me was more of, like, oh, my God, you were so close. So I'm like, just go a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that had a bunch of fairies in it and elves. Um, I think he hits a fairy at the beginning of the movie because it's, like, bothering his light or something. <laughs> Yeah, because they're like pests. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the Spiderwick Chronicles um, has uh, fairies, which my brother read. Mm-hmm. I forgot who wrote that, but his stuff is full of fairies. Um, actually, in the book, one of the scenes you see the sister's hair is tied to the <laughs> bed frame by the fairy, and oh. she thinks one of the brothers did it. So she's like, like oh. he tied me to the bed frame, and he's like, it wasn't me; it was the fairy. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Shrek, of course, has a bunch of fairies, but it's a tongue-in-cheek movie about fairy tales in general. And then another Gamble de Toro movie, Pan's Labyrinth, had several versions of fairies. That movie just creeped me out. Don't so forget Pater O'Gillian. Oh, yeah, yeah. Pater O'Gillian's The Call, which is literally a book about Irish fairies. Which, Very much the Aishi, like the yeah. lore of the lore, the mythology of the Aishi that I read is definitely like the call. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's Irish definitely. mythology to its core. Um, read that book. <laughs> yes, it's really good. It's really good. And then the Yumbos that I had mentioned earlier um, from Senegal uh, uh, belief system mm-hmm. as, was featured in a book that hit the New York Times bestseller um, called Skin of the Sea by Nigerian Welsh actor, uh, writer, Natasha Bowen. And she wrote, um, it's about an African mermaid. And, and part of the story, I think she has to, of course, because she's taking on a god. Um, and she is going as she goes through her quest, I think she meets up with these, um, she has interaction with the Yumbos. So that was featured in that book, and that came out in 2021. And then there is a novella by 
Erhu Kome, and um, his it's called Not Seeing is a Flower. Not Seeing is a Flower. And it is in there. Their yumbos are small creatures who assist in the running of the Dharma Cupid organization. Sounds a little bit like lost or something. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. you know, something speculative. Um, but yeah, so fiction is catching up with the globalization of this creature. Yeah, it's, so it's interesting. It's a, yeah, because I didn't realize how tied fairies were to human culture. I thought they were more of like only a particularly Irish thing or yeah, I thought Celtic thing. But when I looked them up, I'm like they're in every single culture, and the cultures didn't necessarily influence each other. They might have influenced language of what they call because what the original name for like Nordic version of fairies and elves. Um, it used to be elf or something like that, and then fairy became more popular and kind of took over. So it was like the language mm-hmm. changed, but it was the same creature no matter what. Um, and you see that with some of the, like the the Indo European stuff, like the Iranian or Persian mythology coming in. It was more of the language of it changed, but the thing was still always a fairy. We just mm-hmm. changed the name. <laughs> so yeah. that's the fascinating thing. I'm like, we all have the same creature for some reason, and it's been around for a long time, and I didn't realize fairies were that old. And also that they have, not only do they share this, the commonalities of where they lived, which was in forests and caves and they're small too. stuff like that, and they're small, um, but that they have the same personality types. Yeah. Um, they're always or pretty, pretty small. Yeah. Um, uh, like the mounds. They're kind of hit. Yeah, right. mounds, they're hidden. But when they want to come out, they will. So they can be as, I guess, as dainty as a yeah. Tinkerbell or as rugged as a... As a um, like a dwarf. A, a dwarf or leprechaun. Or, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A hobbit, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you want to think of somebody who burrows under the ground yeah. and, and stuff like that. Yeah, they're technically under mounds. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is just, yeah, I guess that's where I find it fascinating. Like, I didn't realize it was in so many cultures, but then humans naturally. Yeah. We we have this fairy mythology everywhere. Like yeah. how you said, it's like everyone makes a pyramid for some reason. You all make fairies for some reason. We all have... A belief in fairies or fairy folklore in our, all of our cultures without talking to each other. Well, yeah, and and tying it into more than just just these hapless creatures, but tying it into the belief system. Yeah, it's like that genuinely they tied. are, like you said, in some, they're like angels yeah. in some cases or demigods or yeah. whatever. It's, um, they're just not, just extra things that are just happen to be in your world. Yeah. They have a, a, a presence, a, an important yeah. role in the um, yeah. society. Yeah. Yeah. I just, Oh yeah. When I was doing the research, I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's so much about fairies that I, that I'm like, you can easily pick one person's culture and just talk about right, that yeah. fairy yeah, for an true. entire yeah. thing. So, but yeah, it's absolutely fascinating that humans just um i didn't know one thing i also was surprised with was the children of eve and christian um belief system the old stuff Mm -hmm. children of eve were fairies 
Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, like how do you tie it to even our creation story in in terms of what Eve constitutes as our creation myth? um, That she has fairies. Yeah, has fairies. And then God made fairies in a way. Like, like versus not, it's like humans and fairies versus just just humans. Searching for atonement. Fairies. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's fascinating. <laughs> it's like, like not whoa, perfect. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah, that's why I'm like, whoa, there's a whole lot. Compared to like other ones like vampires where everyone has a little bit of like something that tucks your blood, but some cultures don't have that at all. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then modern idea of vampires are very much Eastern European, mm-hmm. you know, mythology. So it's like that's more of a specific region or only specific cultures have it. But for fairies, I'm like, it's so spread out. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's so. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has fairies. <laughs> everyone needed a, needed that type of role in their society building. Yeah, mm-hmm. of having cre- these creatures or gods or whatever you want to call them, but we we seem to need, have need of them mm-hmm. to do whatever they do. Yeah, maybe right. like uh, it's almost like if you had a. A tree of folk tales and fairies are at the bottom as the trunk of the tree and then just branches. Sometimes pulls, bends back on itself. Yeah. You know, but it's just a big bush. Yeah, because big I mean, bushy tree the fairies stuff. gave birth to everything, everything else <laughs> that we associate with folk tales. Yeah. So your yeah. leprechauns and elves and brownies yeah. and stuff. Even nymphs that we think of a little bit as more... Maybe Greek. mermaid related. It's like they're mm-hmm. kind of fairy related too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like everything has a little bit of fairy sprinkled in. Little fairy. Well, there you go. But after reading the call, I went from believing, not believing, but like having my opinion of fairies on Tinkerbell to reading the call being like, these are the creepiest MFs I've yes. ever seen. Meanest. <laughs> Meanest. Oh. Creepiest. Yeah. I'm like, they're not Tinkerbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah (laughs) so yeah (laughs) but yeah that is fairies Mm -hmm. uh go read a fairy book or watch a fairy movie people yeah read the call i mean there's a huge (laughs) um uh, amazon has has a a keyword (laughs) for For fairies (laughs) fairy tales and and mythology um because it has been so successful that people just keep retelling um fairy stories using you know modern day sensibilities so lots of stuff out there yeah lots of stuff. and like i said wasn't able to cover everything so there's a fairy expert listening i'm sorry i didn't talk about your specific thing but <laughs> and, and we butchered all the names come on this podcast <laughs> and we butchered all the names anyway yeah butchered so. all the names i yeah it was just like one of the when i started it was one of those like oh this is not a well not that i think the others were light either the other creatures but it was like oh this is not like Oh, one cult is easier when it's like, oh, a couple cultures believe in yeah. fairies. This is like everyone believes in fairies and has their own fairy. So I can't talk about all. Yeah, <laughs> like deep. Yeah, yeah, it goes deep. <laughs> all right, um, we will move on. Moving on to <laughs> what we have to give an update on what we've been doing because um, we are writers, as we mentioned in the intro. So what's happening? Uh, I guess for me, I'm still editing, trying to re-read, re-read, uh, re-read my story to get back because I had done 
other work for someone else and kind of got off kilter with my thing. So my schedule, I have to reschedule myself back into doing well, my stuff. you're officially a freelancer. Yeah. So Yay! Yeah. So a project <laughs> comes up and then like my attention goes to the project and not oh, my own work. Yeah. So I have to like... I have time now to <laughs> to <laughs> do stuff. So now I'm like, okay, I can get back into my own work. So I am doing that. Still freelance. Still like at the end of this week, I'm still going to have to do some stuff. <laughs> but <laughs> in between it, I can actually touch my own work. Mm-hmm. So that feels nice. But uh, what about you, Julia? Well, I am rereading and flushing out some information in my book. Mm-hmm. That darn cat is still in there, here and there. <laughs> When I put it in, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to take you out. <laughs> it's been a little frustrating. I'm also dealing with having mom. Well, we moved my mom's storage unit from Massachusetts mm-hmm. to here. So I'm the only one that has, like, time to kind of, quote, unquote, help her organize mm-hmm. and go through stuff. And so that's mm-hmm. been all consuming. But yeah. it's it's. It's getting better, and I'm motivated because of other things mm-hmm. that are happening to focus more on my writing, mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. is going to happen. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think I'll have a better update next time we chat about it, but right now it's mm-hmm. been a little bit yeah. cuckoo. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when I was looking at the calendar and I saw that we are in October oh already, and I was like, oh, my gosh, a year a year, a year. Mm. <laughs> and it's like all the plans I had last year of what I was going to do this year. <laughs> like, did I do anything? <laughs> have I done anything? And I was like, well, I have finished the first draft. I have started um, editing. I did edit. And um, now the editor is looking at, um, she looks at three chapters at a time. Nice. And um, so we will see where we're going with it. Um, I ended up having to um, basically have the book. So I had written about 140,000 and now it is going to be a 70,000 word book. Um, It means the pace is much faster. It means I have to write tighter and, uh, so uh, part of that is meeting the cost of the editing, you know, um, as I try to figure out um, when she, when dealing with the budget for editing. And I was like, okay, 140, it would cost me a car. <laughs> so, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> not that much, but it, it <laughs> felt like that. Yeah. So I was like, in my head, I was like, okay. Chop it in to the seventy thousand and uh, work with that. Um, so we are going through it, um, and it's it's tough um, because now you're handing it to somebody who has no <laughs> no um, emotional ties. <laughs> to this story to your baby so her, right so <laughs> she's like i mean it's like one question she's like um webbed wings what do you mean by webbed wings for this for um this dragon-like creature and she's like is it swimming and i was like how do you get swimming and so then i because she's thinking like webbed feet 
Mm. And I said web wings. And I was like, it is webbed, isn't it? So yeah. then I went and I looked at the picture like of just wings. a regular dragon. Yeah. And hmm? like a bat wing type of giant yeah. bat wing. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, it's called a webbed, webbed yeah. wing. It is. So then I showed so I showed her the picture. And so she's like, oh, she's like, okay. And I showed her another picture where um, it had inspired me because I had a bunch of pictures of the different creatures. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, so, and I said, oh, the leader doesn't have wings and, and the, the guardians of the group has wings. And so she wrote, she's like, okay, so the leader does not have wings, like to clarify. And I was like, maybe I wrote something weird. And so she asked me that and it took me a day <laughs> to go back and read my story. Cause I was like, does he have wings? No, he doesn't have wings. But then I had a scene where they all flew out the cave and I was like, he had to have wings, because <laughs> you know? I didn't specify that he personally flew out. But right. I was like, "Where did he go?" I never wrote where he went. I just right. wrote that they there was a lot of commotion, and, so, <laughs> and I was like, oh. "Oh my god!" Well, I just I realized too. I just remember when you said that. I know mm-hmm. that there's different types of dragons. Mm-hmm. Like you have a dragon and a wyvern, and a dragon oh. has four legs. Oh, good god. And a wyvern has the two bottom legs, but then its arms are the webbed arms. And then you have a drake, which is old, like doesn't have wings. And well, like, mine, that's if people mine, decide to actually care about the type of well, dragon. Well, fantasy have. people do. I know. Oh. Well, yeah. But but my people, <laughs> my people were cursed people who oh. were who were cursed like to, to they were dragonfied. Yeah. So it's not because real. of what they did to a goddess. She kind of like threw a curse at them, and then they became. So they 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 walk upright. They've got their little hands. They can do stuff with their hands. Um, they they camouflage wherever they are, so they nice. can. So even their is not only the color changes, but even their their outer skin changes. Ooh. Um, and <laughs> so I. And they have these little wings, <laughs> these wings to go in their arms. But then I had a picture of somebody who did like fan art or something that Gabby mm. had given me mm, of yeah. this creature who is like crawling out of the cave. Like he hasn't seen sun in a while. So his skin is kind of like gray, um, gray and yeah. chalky white. And yeah. he's almost and it looks have... a little bit like a salamander. Yeah, it doesn't Ooh. have the the mouth that you think of a dragon. Right. And it, his arms yeah. are but his arms are like creepy big. Like he can crawl yeah. out on his arms and legs and stuff. Yeah. So I had that as the leader, which was all cool until I read the scene where they flew out the thing. And I was like, wait a minute, he's got to be, where the heck did this man go? Cause I never said where he went. So right. I wrote back to her and I said, I think they all have wings. <laughs> like, like, oh God. And yeah, these are kind of the, details that are necessary yeah. in the story. Maybe like one of one like one group can retract the wings all the way inside right. of themselves and the right. others cannot th- or yeah. something. Yeah. So I figure um when I get to that point and having to hand it to her to those chapters, hopefully I would have come up with something quite clear about this group. <laughs> but <laughs> Invisible, they're invisible. Oh my, oh my god! Them. Right, I was like, it retracts, or his who fell off as he aged. 
<laughs> but yeah, so um, so I'm working on that, and um, I, you know, I've gone back and forth of what I was going to do with my backlist, um, romance backlist, and I think based on Pat McClin's, um yelling at me to go ahead and put them up for you sale. So, so I have to get to the point where I am but I'm gonna read them. I'm not I'm not putting those old books up without reading and fixing them. And I'm not I promised myself that I'm not doing a massive edit. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm can resist. But just to I keep telling her to <laughs> He's like, just put it up. I'm yeah. like, no. Um, but yeah, so I'm, my goal is to get t- to start looking at the first two that I did. I'm changing the title so it doesn't even matter what the books are because you won't know. Um, <laughs> it will just be considered brand new to you for the people out there. Um, but I'm going to change the title. Of, ch- of course, I'm putting it under my other pen name, so... Right. Um, and then uh, put some covers on it and put it up. But overall, I've got about, I don't know, 15 books that... Girl, you should have those out there. <laughs> You're like over 20. I needed a moment to <laughs> to shake off the romance yes, dr- yeah. drama. Yeah. So you were traumatized. I was traumatized. So I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. I'm okay now. I, okay. I can I can come out and embrace whatever, um, and get them out there. So okay, that's. That. But I don't. You know, it's two months in before the year end. I don't know what's happening. Don't say if it I've like got that. The energy. <laughs> we have two and a half months. Two and a Almost half three. Months. <laughs> Give or take. Yeah, a lot of time left. <laughs> oh my god, I have no energy. So I'm just trying to have energy just to do all this stuff. But yeah. So that's oh, one quick shout out too before we end the whole fairy combo. I do think uh-huh. of Lisa. When you yeah. say fairies, she the girl did love her fairies. Yeah, she loved mm. her fairies. Yeah, she yeah. did. Yeah. But yeah. Yay did Lisa. Yes. Went while she was here. All right, and moving on to Julia's Corner. Okay, sit back and relax, and welcome to Julia's Corner. Today, people, we are going to talk about um, how to host a movie night, which some of us probably need to get back into doing. You know, (laughs) things are starting to normalize. Knock on wood. Mm -hmm. Everybody knock on wood. Um, Anyway, so I stumbled across an article called A Guide to Hosting a Movie Night, Mm. On thebrainjar.com. Mm-hmm. So they must know what they're talking about. Um, and let's see if you agree with these. There's only a few suggestions. I thought maybe we can have more of a convo anyway. Um, but they're saying the first thing to do is choose the right date. Um, you want to be able to accommodate everyone's schedule. Check to see beforehand what works best for your friends before even asking them. Would you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's There's, like party rules anyway, if you're going to right? have Right? 101. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're really good friends with someone, you would know, oh, you know, they do like uh, Zumba on this day and they right, do like yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know what else people do. Sorry. Um, (laughs) And you're going to, number two, choose the right time. You don't want to, you know, assume Mm -hmm. everyone's working, busy. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't want to have it like too much uh, after work or, you know, you don't want them to stay at work to be able to go to your party. You want to be able to time it right, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is that what you do? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, I mean, it's on a weekend and I wouldn't make it too late. So it depends, too, if you're planning to feed them. You have to take that into consideration. Are you feeding? And then watch movies? (laughs) Yeah, I guess it depends. Or I want you to have your dinner. (laughs) Well, I think it depends, too, like what what style you're going for. If you're doing like movie marathon, we get a pizza, we sit and then we're watching and like, okay, that's like maybe several hours but pizza's the go-to right so you know that other times it's like let's have a nice dinner and then watch like a movie mm-hmm. that's a single movie on its own mm-hmm. so i'm sure that's a whole thing right or so, they yeah. right. feed you at all and yeah right. just come you. over <laughs> just right. bring then, desserts <laughs> number yeah. three is basically choose the right group which i never really thought about but i guess you have different no i think that makes sense that yeah. makes Oops. sense yeah and you yeah. don't want to bring because I, I think you need someone enthousi- people enthusiastic about whatever movie. Like yeah. okay. if you're doing like Okay. Like I you know, me, I love Harry Potter, so if like Harry Potter movie marathon, I'm not gonna pick someone who doesn't like Harry Potter and doesn't like long series. Yeah. Like I'm gonna pick someone yeah. who's willing to I think to stay that makes more sense and <laughs> like t- if you have you have two groups, like if you know someone from like like your work group people mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. maybe your writing group people. But mm-hmm. if you know that they yeah. like the movie then Right, right. right. But some people play play well with others, and some don't. Sometimes they like the same movie, so it's it's kind of like depends. Yeah, you have to know your your friends' personalities to know. And then you want someone that like doesn't like. At least for me personally, like I don't care much for people who talk to the movie a ton. I don't mind talking to the movie, but not like the entire time. It's Mm -hmm. one of those where like. If it's a movie that we've always seen, like a Marvel movie, then it's like not too bad. But if it's like, let's watch Tenet, maybe we should not talk because <laughs> I don't know what's going on. So like, let's not talk. <laughs> but if it's, yeah. you know, like Iron Man, like most of us have seen Iron Man. It's it's pretty much right. fine if you talk. So right. it's like you need to gauge the the room of like, what am I, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then there, they, they also said like um, focus on uh, possibly inviting one or two social outliers. And I'm like, oh my god, am I a social outlier? I, <laughs> I guess you know. I guess you the people, your one. friends that are quieter. I, I, but they, mean, I'm just people, assuming. an outlier could be anything in terms of you're on the fringe, possibly for a reason. Yeah, that I'm not sure, and, and maybe just a yeah, I know you're I'm not sure choice. that yeah. right that that. Yeah, if they're a loner by choice, then I'm like, well, I don't want to drag them, you into right. a group setting. Or a, new, or a neurodivergent person yeah. who might be, like, I'm not into I like the movie, yeah. but I can't handle that people. confinement the of, of people. people. Right. Yeah. You know, for however many people you invite yeah. for your event. Depends. Yeah. yeah. You know. I think it's, I guess, be accommodating depending on what you're going for, right. the style, yeah. style of movie. Yeah. thing you're going for right right um, i mean they can always say I mean, no if they're uncomfortable well i mean the thing is if you are aiming to include them i would do something maybe for th- depending on what the outlier issue is you can have a very small 
thing. Yeah. Where it's like it only is, four of us. Right. And, it's it's a yeah. little more less intimidating than right. walking in a room where you've got ten and they're all your friends from childhood and I have no idea what you yeah. all are talking about as you right. laugh and yeah. reminisce about something yeah. you know right. in childhood. And then you have like the like if you do this, when I see people who used to do the what are they called, um, the watch parties for like Game of Thrones, mm. those were sometimes big groups where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. all fifteen yeah. of us are gonna sit in my house and we're gonna watch that, but all of you have to like Game of Thrones and have be yeah. on, on uh, like up, and don't like, ask update. questions, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't ask questions. It's like you can't just come in and so it's like. It right. depends on so many. Yeah. yeah I mean, factors. something like that to me, it's you've yeah. already, those, those are when you have more kind of like, um, tribal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. tribal groups yeah. where you are, you bonded over, over the something yeah. so that when you, when that is the object, you know, to call your group. Call mm. your little tribe. Call right. call my group. Yeah, and no one else is coming in. Yeah, no one right. else. Yeah, right. yeah. Even if they're fun. Yeah, yeah. This is Games of Thrones people. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, that's true. It, yeah, it, yeah so, it might be like a horror movie if if you did like, who wants to go watch? Just like our K-pop, we we have tight K-pop group. Yeah, we go to concerts. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, and, you know. Yeah, we don't really. Yeah. Not like an open invitation yeah usually but also it's like you have to like k-pop if you don't like right K-pop. i mean right but that's, right. But that's, that's why would i invite you to right. sit in a two-hour concert right. of k-pop of listening listening to korean <laughs> <laughs> when they don't like it i think yeah. this person was english because it says also clean your flat <laughs> without saying it says get rid of you, the bodies yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> A humorous person. That's funny. I've always Wait, feel is like there a name the... for this? No, not yet. Let me see at the end if they... No? Okay, well, mm-hmm. I don't like it when they don't put the name. But anyway, <laughs> the next thing is choosing the right movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it says something about, um, like, nobody talking during the movie. <laughs> yeah. You have to d- find out what works best. Um Yeah. Um, let's see. It depends on the movie. Like, again, if you're like, let's do a, I don't know, like a Disney marathon. All of us have seen Disney movies by this point. So I'm not like, it's not like a new movies that it's like, I got to pay attention a hundred percent. I think it's like when we go to Atlanta and they put Medea, any freaking Medea movie on and they, um, we talk through the whole thing because they've seen it a gazillion times. Yeah. Right. So it's just kind of like more background. And it's more background, but we're sitting there and then everybody's like waiting for the laugh moment. And yeah. 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 So they're, and every time we visit, Medea comes out at some point. Yeah. But if we're, if we're having a dedicated, like, (laughs) you know, thing, I mean, with my mom, we, we do Harry Potter movie marathons like once or twice a year. But hell, it's been about four or five at yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the we no one comes to our no one. No, it's just so. it's, it's just private. Us, no. Yeah, it's private. Like, exclusive. But, sorry. Ex- yeah, yeah. But we try to get Lex every once in a while, Lex says, and he's, he's no. just like no. Um, but he'll watch it on his own. <laughs> but but we talk through some parts of it. And other parts we like. 
like yeah there's some parts where like sometimes i'll pause the movie and we start talking about well, something yeah that, pausing and, and um, chatting is fine i think yeah, yeah. sometimes we talk about certain sec talk in certain sections but we know the movie so well that it's like we know it's almost like you know when to stop talking yeah. again um but there's some parts that i never pause or talk which is like snape with dumbledore in the sixth one it's like I never, when they're on the tower and he's about to die, I'm like, I don't say anything. Mm-hmm. That is a fully, my yeah, <laughs> whole attention is to that scene. Yeah. Fully so things like that. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Things like that. Mm. Well, they also suggest providing snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. They're good to have. You'll need something dinnerish. Well, not necessarily, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Order pizza or something simple. It says people will whine otherwise. <laughs> I think to me, if you do, <laughs> to me, food is more of like, well, That's, you don't eat and watch movies. I don't like to eat and watch movies. I mean, I think like popcorn, chips, stuff like that. Is, she does no, not I don't eat. eat. She does not eat. I don't eat. Even in the movie movies. theater, she does not I eat. I hate she eating during movies. Because it disrupts the sound <laughs> of the film. Why do you I need think it's so silence. loud so people can eat and hear? No. Well, no, the no. funny thing is my sister-in-law hates listening to people eating in the <gasps> movie theater as she eats her nachos and cheese. <laughs> I'm, she gets so annoyed at people eating. <laughs> but she, see, <laughs> see, I don't like, for me, for, I, I don't like, my mom knows this, I don't pretty much like the sound of chewing at all. But I don't even like my own sound of chewing, actually. I don't like myself eating sometimes. But, I yeah, when it comes to movie, I, especially movie theater, I want to be so immersed. I don't want to know that someone else is in the movie theater. Everyone needs to be dead silent. I don't want any sound, movement. Don't turn on your phone. Don't walk out. Hold the pee. Watch the movie. <laughs> it's like, wow. I don't I don't like any disruptions in, in movies. Meanwhile, when it's like, I'm eating my nachos and extra. Yeah. Hurt. I was going to be like, <laughs> nachos, no, extra I'm not, cheese. No. The soda. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I, no? like, I usually sip water. I'm usually dehydrated by the end of a movie. I'm sip water. Like, I don't have any, like, and when, I watch a, when I watch a movie, I want complete... I want my entire attention being so on the So she film. sits in between me and Lex and listens to us chew. Cause. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Do you get hit at the same time? Because I could see her like, <laughs> Gabby. No. No, I just deal with it. But <laughs> I'm the one driving, so. <laughs> but, yeah, I think, yeah, I'm more of the, like, just watch and enjoy the film and then okay. leave. Like, but I like, I, I think because usually it takes me out. Because it's like I hear someone open the plastic of the nacho thing in the distance, and it's like, meanwhile, there's like a harrowing, harrowing scene of someone, something oh. big happening, and I'm hearing like slurping of drinks, and I'm like, hey, but don't eat right now. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I hate it. <laughs> but I can't, I mean, I can't do anything about it, so I just oh, deal boy. with it. So I yeah. will skip provide drinks and go on to the last <laughs> issue. Her last thing that they recommend. Uh, and I uh, think they're being like funny. Um, yeah. They said create a Facebook group or a WhatsApp um, yeah, app group yeah. and spam the people constantly well, telling spam them, them. <laughs> when the event is going to happen. Um, and if they bail on you, leave passive aggressive comments. <laughs> uh, 
more space for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. And that yeah. it wraps up the <laughs> tips yeah. for hosting a movie party. I think. Yeah. I mean, the success of a movie night is also how comfortable you are in there, and I don't mean comfortable as in whether you know the person, yeah. but just comfortable in in, in your home. Do you have chairs that are comfortable, or am I sitting on the floor? Like, do you right. have one big couch and everybody is always on the floor? Do we have cushions? Yeah, because that makes part yeah. of the experience is like do I want to repeat this experience yeah. <laughs> with right. I mean I've done the whole like you know busy busy living room and then I sit on the floor but it's like one of those where like if I'm so into the conversation and stuff sitting on the floor I forget mm-hmm. so it's not like I'm uncomfortable but I'm sitting right. there and everyone is silent or awkward and right. you're just sitting there it's like yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. someone get yeah. get the ball rolling <laughs> like, yeah. right yeah um yeah, I mean, movie nights at home, like I said, I don't mind eating and all that. It's move, more the movie theater when I'm like, I yeah. my cinematic experience. Yeah. But at home, eh, well, I think fine. there's like movie etiquette when you go to the movie theater. I mean, if you're going to get food, get it at the beginning, set it up, you know, during that brief lull in the beginning, you know, when there's doing previews even, you know what I mean? Get yourself settled. And then yeah, I think I haven't been to movie theater since COVID started, but. So yeah, since 2019. But I've heard people talking about movies and they're like, people don't know, have etiquette. Like people talk now, like talk a little louder or people are on their phones and all this stuff. Oh, wow. And it's like, I don't really want to go to movie if you're well, all like, don't know the, how to behave. The talking at the screen thing has become a thing. It used to be spattering of depending on the movie or whatever right. and now people right. are just generally, they act like they're on social media Yeah, with like let me be as witty as possible for everything yeah. you know don't walk there oh my god what are you doing oh, that kind of commentary it's yeah. like really it's not a tiktok video yeah um yeah but i remember when like i go to i haven't been in a while but i used to go to columbia mall um uh theater and that was pretty quiet like yeah they were quiet <laughs> okay. it was quiet it didn't matter the age it yeah, was a quiet was experience quiet. at the end you know everybody's happy and yeah. so on i went you may to, even get an applause if it was a big series right. or something i yeah. go i went to um i would go to when i was in atlanta i'd go to stonecrest mall um with my brother and his family and it was like i felt like i was sitting in somebody's living room the amount oh, no. of talking they yeah. do to the screen. Really? And I remember seeing, I can't remember what movie it was that I saw there. And then I came home and went to see it at Columbia Mall. And it was like night and day. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. everybody's talking to this stupid screen in Atlanta. And it was dead silent in Maryland. And yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like, oh. But now it's just, I think everybody's yeah. just talking. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not a regional thing anymore. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I mean, I remember seeing videos of like when what Endgame and Infinity War came out, and um, you know those videos of people like cheering in the movie theater for like yeah. you know, Iron Man doing something, and which is like fun, I think in theory. But then I remember some people were like, "It's great until they keep cheering, and I can't hear what the people are saying right. anymore because you keep." cheering so they're like i go to the movie twice they're like once when it's dead and no one's there and again when it's full of people to enjoy right the night but it's like well then i have to go to a movie two times just so that i can enjoy it yeah properly like even yeah. though i like the hype part but it's like yeah but i'm like eh, i'd rather watch the movie once well 
and yeah. hear everything right. than deal be, with right. having I to do it twice. To twice to <laughs> yeah, because it's already expensive right. to go exactly. movie theater. I'm like, yeah. I don't want to burn forty to fifty bucks just uh, to like you will, see a movie. Easily. Yeah, <laughs> just to see a freaking yeah. movie that I can hear properly. Yeah, like right. it's, <laughs> it's yeah. Like that would be a little annoying. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. But some of them, like if you're doing a rerun, like they when they do marathons of yeah. Star Wars or something, like sometimes they'll do that where it's like all the Star Wars movies and come to blah blah theater and you can right. buy the tick the whatever ticket and then you watch all mm-hmm. I don't know, it's a bunch of them now. Twelve movies, nine movies, I don't know. A bunch of movies. But that's different because I'm like, well, most people who are going to that have seen all of the movies. All yeah. of that. So you're multiple not, times. So, yeah, you're going for you're going the camaraderie for the camera, yeah. and coming with people and enjoying it and you're talking dressing and up as one of the yeah characters. you're dressing up those yeah. are to, to me those fine that makes sense yeah. but if it's like premiere night <laughs> or the movie is out and it's like I would like to hear what they're saying yeah. <laughs> and by the way talking about movies um, uh, Amazon has all twenty five James Bond movies oh yeah on their Dude. Amazon Prime so oh they do. Yep, from the Sean Connery all the way to Daniel's last movie. <laughs> well, you got me hooked on Daniel, so I caught up on all of them. And you should have warned me that Del- uh, what is it? Um, <laughs> no Time to Die. Yeah, that he was a blonde, you know? <laughs> Del Toro was a blonde. I was like, Whoa, what? There he is. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Skyfall. Yeah, Skyfall. Yes, 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 yes. I was yes. like, oh. I love that movie. I didn't expect for him movie. to be blonde. Oh, who's, yes. a bl- who's blonde? Um uh, Benicio. Oh, Benicio. Benicio. Yeah. Not, not Benicio. No, no, not Benicio. No, 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 not Benicio. No, it's um. <laughs> oh my God, oh, I'm so off. bad. No. That threw me off. Uh, Can you cut this out? Yeah. <laughs> Javier Bardem. <laughs> yes. Javier, Javier Bardem. Bardem. I'm so sorry, Javier. Yeah. Yes, Javier. Yeah. I was like, no, no, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love Javier. But I couldn't remember the name. Yeah, after I you, I'm so after bad you said that name. I could see his face, but. I liked him in um, Pirates of the Caribbean, the last one. Yeah. Uh, on, no, not on Strange Heights. Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Mm-hmm. He was a really good villain. He was such a good villain. Yeah, he's, he's, he did he's a good, good job. He's good. He's a chameleon, um, that one. And then, and then yeah. with all the CGI, and it's like, he looks like he's always drowning. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Because this character did drown, but <laughs> it's yeah. like he's dead. <laughs> but yeah. it was, I was like, I actually like that movie. I know people didn't like it as much, but I'm like, I kind of enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> Well, so. I think we've about yeah. knocked another one out the park. All right. With fairies. So That's right. And fairies are everywhere. Yeah. All right. And so on that note, we'll close it down. And Julia, what do we do? Stay prickly. So we're going to sign out now. Yeah. All right. <laughs> See <ya>. Bye. Bye. <laughs>